Welcome to the Great Job Podcast, where we help you design your own handbook for raising amazing kids. I'm Emily Mall, a stay-at-home mom who's been in therapy for over a decade and is returning to work now. And I'm Dan Mall, a designer, creative director, entrepreneur, and author. We've been together for over 20 years and have spent the last 12 raising our two daughters. We believe that everyone deserves a non-judgmental space to show up as themselves, share, make mistakes, and grow. On this show, we pull back the curtains on everything we've tried, tested, and thought about so you can feel supported and less alone in your parenting journey. You'll leave each episode with practices, strategies, conversation starters, and support to set your kids up for the best future possible. You know, I've been a stay-at-home mom for over a decade now, and I still don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea. I have a 10 and a 12 year old and every day is a new puzzle or a new problem to solve and it and it just continues to be. Do you think it's a job? Absolutely. I think it would be impossible to not look at it that way. What do you do you know the the saying that if you have a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. You think that applies to parenting? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's too simple. It simplifies it way too much. And so, no, I don't think it applies. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it applies either. It's like, I don't know. I've had jobs. Being a parent is a job. It's hard. It, I like it. I enjoy it. It does feel like work. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know why there's shame around the idea that like, oh, it can't be work if you love it. I love being a parent. I love being a dad. And... And it is work. Uh, I know one of the things that prompted us to even start Great Job as a business, a company, a podcast, an idea was I remember you, you said to me one day, why don't you run our family like you run your company? Yeah. And that was like, oof, <laughs> that, was, that, was a, that was a hurt. But it, but it was true. I but mean, it, it wasn't meant as an insult or any sort of like accusation. It, like it was totally. just like, hey, what if we did that? Because I think we would just... We would have it, it would make decisions easier. It would make, you know, kind of where we all pivot from and start from easier and help us with our sense of identity and who we are and where we're going. I was, cause, you know, you talk about that with teams all the time, yeah. especially when you're doing consulting and stuff. And I was like, can you consult us? Yeah. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. I, I think it's maybe along the lines of like, you know, the, the cobbler's children have no shoes. It feels like that. Uh, it feels a little bit like, and, and also, you know, I'm a, I'm a designer. I work in tech. And I think there's this toxic idea in tech that for a while, t- companies were sort of talking about like how the team is a family. And that has lately become like, that's a toxic idea. That's like a thing that gets weaponized to get people to overwork and, and you know, do things that aren't within the scope of their employment and things like that. And so I think I've sort of applied that in reverse the other way that like, oh, the family can't be a job. But it, but it totally is um, because I think a lot of the commonalities there are. Where do you to, operate from? Yeah. Togetherness. What's your mission? Values, yeah. culture, you know, building culture together. And I think that stuff has to be designed um, I don't think that stuff just actually happens. And so, you know, so when you said like, essentially the way that I took it was, I didn't take it uh, as an accusation or, or anything like that. I took it as like, a how how do we design the way that we want our family to be and to work and to operate for the next X amount of years while we're together? 
Which makes a lot of sense because you and I are very intentional people. I don't think there is anything that we do or decisions that we make without any sort of reason for them. I think we always have a purpose or an intent around everything we do. That's just who we are, our personality. So, you know, even to why we had kids, the way we raise our kids, the things we do with them. And I'm really excited to get into this season and to share these sort of things with other families who have, or caregivers who have kids in this middle stage of parenting. You're out of the diapers. You're not like chasing your six-year-old around anymore. You have kids that can like wake up and make themselves breakfast. They are more independent. They can like shower on their own and they're like testing and they're pushing and they're but they're still fun and it's still exciting but they're also dealing with like hormones and then on top of that we have technology which no generation has really had to deal with before so we really don't have any models to look up to on how to do this one thing i really don't like about the way the world talks about the ages of our kids and i guess we should talk about the ages of our kids too we've got a, a 12 year old daughter uh, Sita, and we have a almost 10-year-old named Charlie. She turns 10 very soon in just a matter of a couple of weeks. And th- that 12-year-old, 10-year-old age is generally referred to as the, the tweens. The tweens. I hate that word. But um, they're in between. They are in between. But I think it what it doesn't do is it doesn't give credit to the fact that it is its own stage. Yeah. It, it basically says, like, you're in between stages. There's a stage where you're like a little kid, like a little baby or a toddler, you know, an infant or a toddler. And then there is a stage after that that's like you're a teenager and you're about to be an adult. And then there's like this dead zone in the middle of that where, you know, eight, eight years old to maybe 14, you know, something in there. And, and that's like a, a transitional period. Um, I like to think about it differently. I want to like come up with a term for that. And the, the term that I've been using, I don't know, maybe this will catch on, maybe like this. The, the term that I've been using is like, it is, a, it is a pivotal age. I've been doing a lot of reading on like f- what Freud says about this age and things like that and, and a bunch of research papers. And it calls it a pivotal age. And I like calling this the pivotals. You know, like that, that age group, they are the pivotals because there's a lot of things that happen in this age group that I think have a major impact on what they do from here as they get older. And like you said, things about technology, things about um, the way that they grow up in friend groups and social groups. And, and their bodies. Like, like, yeah, hormones, puberty, like all of that stuff that sets them up for their future. And I think that age doesn't get talked about enough. And I think, I, I don't know a lot of parents that are very intentional about their kids in this age because I think it's the age like you were talking about where they get a lot of independence where previously there wasn't some. So parents are like, oh, they can make their own breakfast. Well, it's re- it is hard to to toe the line between, you know, being a helicopter parent and hovering and doing everything for your kid because you have for the last decade. Like like I'm saying, like I'm in the pivotal age or whatever point of parenting where now I'm like, oh, OK, like I it was literally my job to keep the kids alive. And now, you know, they can actually do a lot of that work. And so I'm transitioning out of being a full-time stay-at-home mom into a working mom and, you know, watching my kids become more independent. And that's exciting. It's daunting. I don't know what I'm doing. But, you know, they're at the same time going through their own sort of transitions. And so it's just been, it's been a wild ride. And I guess I think that's why we decided to do a podcast was that (laughs) it is a new stage for us. And as we're learning things, 
I, one, I think it's just good to document it somehow. <laughs> so this is one way of doing that. And then two, hopefully some things that help us and work for us. Yes. Maybe we could be sharing with other people and, and other people could benefit from that stuff as well. So as we're entering the stage of like parenting the pivotals, you know, I think that that's something that um, maybe other people have opinions on and experience with it that we could learn from. And I think by putting our ideas out there, hopefully we will get some ideas in return that help us, you know, raise amazing kids. Yeah. So to be clear, we aren't experts by any means. Or on, professionals. I mean, parenting or yeah. we just have a lot of questions and ideas, not a lot of answers. Um, but we are on this journey and we're in it to win it. So we are not perfect. Uh, we parent on purpose and we are very practical parents. You want to talk about why, why those three things are important? I think they're important because just saying them out loud really, I think, makes us check ourselves. Like, <laughs> you know, we're not going to sit here and say our kids are the most perfect little angels in the whole world. But they are. <laughs> and we are also not the most perfect parents. But we are. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. You're saying You're saying true things. Yeah. And so one of the things... I have done while being a stay-at-home mom because it was difficult for me. And like I said, I didn't know what I was doing. There's no handbook on parenting. We didn't get like a, you know, we got diapers in the hospital and we got like baby wipes and all kinds of stuff. But did they hand us a handbook on like babies or how to raise kids or how to raise like 10-year-olds? They did not. And so one of the things I did after we had our second kid was I started going to therapy. And it was by choice because I I realized when we first had kids or actually I think it was after our first kid that I am an introvert. <laughs> I didn't realize how much I love my alone time until I had kids. And I was like, Whoa, that's a, that was a new thing for me. So that was difficult. And there's a lot of other stuff that came along with it. So I started talking to someone yeah, over a decade ago now before telehealth and all that stuff was even a thing. <laughs> Because I was like, hey, I have these babies and I don't really want to come into the office. Is there a way we can like just connect online and I can talk to you about this stuff? And so, you know, from there, our relationship has blossomed and I can't sing the praises of having a professional therapist enough. It has been really quite amazing for me as a mom, as a person, as a wife, just as a human being. It's brought, it's brought so much joy and freedom to my life. So one of the things that's really has benefited, I think, from that is my kids because now I'm able to check myself when I have stuff to deal with the kids. And I think a lot of raising kids, and I talk to people about this all the time, is that one thing you don't realize when you have kids is that it brings up all this stuff from your childhood, like the way you were parent, parented, the way you were raised, the, the choices your parents made, because now you have to make those same choices and you have options. Do you do it the way your parents did it? Or do you do it like the totally opposite way? Or do you try to learn a new way? Like all of those things are hard. And which do you pick? And I think because we're already exhausted and tired from keeping people alive and having a career and having a partnership and, you know, having a life, we go for the easiest thing, which is like what we already know which is what our parents did. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. I think that's partly what's difficult about parenting this age is, you know, as you mentioned earlier, 
there's not a lot of precedent for it because we can't we can't say like well what did our parents do when they gave us cell phones at 10 oh yeah it's like well we didn't i mean we didn't have cell phones when we were 10 you know like that that wasn't a thing that none of our friends in school when they were 10 had cell phones and so i think there's just there's a lot of stuff that's just uncharted territory that i think we've got to start making some maps for we got to start making the charts for unfortunately we are the first generation of parents i think that are that are dealing with this so okay cool if that's you know unfortunately i wish that there was a there was a precedent i was laughing earlier because the you know the you remember the arrested development joke of like there's no manual for parents and then they're like well actually if you check on amazon there's like hundreds and hundreds of books on like how to parent <laughs> you know uh, but you know i've i've read my fair share of, of parenting books and i think there's just not a lot on this topic there are some there's just not a lot on on this topic and so i think the more perspectives we have from parents and different kinds of parents yeah the better well that's what i was gonna say like i think because this stage is fully awkward we've seen the photos guys we've seen the, the seventh grade photos <laughs> and it is hard for them to know what's going on and it's hard for them to express what's happening inside and outside of them and so it's awkward for us to talk about those things and so i think even depending on where you're at religiously or wherever your beliefs or whatever about the world lie, it's really hard to share that with someone and shape who they are at the same time. Because like, I don't know, do you put your beliefs on some other, on your kid or do you let them be open about it? Like that's a, that's a whole thing in itself. So, I mean, that's what this podcast is going to be about. This is the first episode, and we've got a couple of topic areas where uh, we're going to focus our conversation and our content and, and all sorts of stuff like that. I think five in particular. And do you want to do you want to talk about those? Do you remember what those are off the top of your head? Ooh, ooh. Okay, so we can do it together. I don't remember what they family are. Family values is the first because one of the things, especially like Dan kind of touched on, on this, but you have to have a place to operate from in order to be able to make decisions. And so with family values, when you know what they are, when you actually think about it and you sit down and you're like, what are our family values? Is it integrity? Is it adventure? Like what is important to our family? Now the way you parent actually becomes easier because you know what's important to you. So family values is one. The next one is boundaries, which I am so excited to get into this one. I can't wait when we talk about boundaries. It is something that has been so close to my heart because over my decade of therapy, it's something I've worked really hard on. I think Dan is a natural expert at. So thank you, Dan, for that and all that support. Um, but I'm so excited to jump into boundaries and and what they are and why we need them and how we teach them to our kids. Super excited. And also nobody teaches them. No, so, like, nobody even knows what they are. Yeah. So we have to read books as adults and like find out about them by like testing it out all the time. So it'd be great to talk about that more, have, more specifically. Yep. And I have some family members that talk about it like it's like this black sheep, like, oh, Emily and her boundaries. I'm like, yeah, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Fully proud. Okay. And then we also have teaching kids some life skills stuff, which is like, honestly, you know, we're all, if you have kids in the pivotal age, the pivotal kids. The, the pivotals. It's going to catch. It's going to catch. A pivotal child. <laughs> There's some part of us that feels like we're already experts at it, kind of, because we've kept kids in life for like a decade now. So, you know, there's some like confidence there except there's these certain things these certain moments these certain situations that pop up 
they were like, should my kid be packing their own lunch or should I still do it? Should they be doing their own laundry? Like we are the same way. We're like, should my kid be potty trained by now? Like we're back in that like sort of weird area of like, so will I just decide and I will know, or will the kid kind of lead me into letting me know when they're ready? So it's another one of those. So teaching kids life skills, that is like a kind of topic around that. What are the other ones? The other two are kind of similar. Emotions, t- teaching kids to deal with emotions and, and also parents, parents to deal with emotions. Because uh, lots of feelings come up when you're parenting. Yeah. Uh, and also when you're a kid. And w- oftentimes both parents and kids suppress it <laughs> because because we are not trained to talk about it. It's kind of taboo to, to like let those things out, uh, especially for men uh, and boys. I mean, and alternatively, it comes out too much. Like right. anger, it comes like a... <laughs> yeah. So, and I think part of our philosophy is like the more we can regulate our own feelings and emotions and, and know how to address them and work with them, the more our kids will be able to do that. Yeah. Because feelings are farts. Oh, well, should, should we talk about that or you want to leave that one there? No. Uh, you can talk about that one. Feelings. Right. That's a, that's one of the family motto. I, is it a family value at this point? It might be. <laughs> it's new. Something that is. our kids repeat a lot because we repeat it a lot. <laughs> feelings are like farts. Um, and <laughs> what we mean by that is like, Saw some Instagram posts at some point that was like, feelings are like farts because if you try to hold them in, they just end up hurting you more. <laughs> and then sometimes when you let them out, other people think they stink, but you got to let them out anyway. Uh, so we have that, that kind of saying in our family, feelings are farts. Our kids will just randomly break out in chance of that, um, which I count as a win. Well, that said, we have two girls and I've made it my duty in life for them to not feel shame about their duties in life. Ha ha. Ha. Well done. Thank you. So you what about their duty into a podcast twice. Welcome. Do we need an explicit label now? No, no, I think we're good. It's no, still clean. We, I didn't curse at all. Still not PG. one time. But I would like them to not feel shame about natural body ailments or anything. Like I would like to address them. And so I've worked really hard <clears throat> on making sure that, you know, there is no shame around bodily functions. They are natural. So the feelings are farce. It just kind of ties into that. I guess so it is kind of tied into our family values. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> feelings are farts are tied into our family values. Yeah. Yes. That's a great place to end. No, there's one more. There's one, right? Oh, that was, yeah, that was four. Dang. Yes. So the last one is, it's just mental health. Yes. And so that's sort of tied into how do you work through the hard stuff? Because like I said, we don't really realize it and it's really hard to catch yourself. And the new word, the buzzword is triggered. I'm triggered by something. But we are triggered by the things our kids do because they remind us of either our young self or our childhoods and the way we were raised. And it's wild because now we're adults and we're able to look at it and we still have these feelings come up. And sometimes we don't know what to do with them and it's hard. And I think kids push us to be our best selves. And I honestly think that most of parenting is, is just you working on your own stuff. And the majority of that battle is a mental one, which is tough. I like it. Those are the five. Yeah. So that's what's coming up on this podcast and also through our other channels. We're going to be talking about all those kinds of things mm-hmm. um, and sharing the things that we learn about it. So let's talk about something that's a little bit more meta now. Um, 
this let's talk about actually making this podcast and this business and this company and great job in yeah. general. Um, this is the first time that we've worked together on something professionally. Right. How do you think it's going? I think it's, I, I'm really liking it. I think because I've uh, technically been out of like the work field or whatever, how, you don't even, I don't even know what you call it anymore. <laughs> For the last decade, I am sorely behind in experience and skills and things. And so I'm learning a lot from you and I'm enjoying that process. <laughs> it is interesting to me because I like you, obviously. I yes. like you. Oof. And it's just, I'm learning new facets of you. We, again, we've been together a very long time. We've been married for 15 years and long, like known each other since fifth grade. And so you know, one would think that I knew everything there is to know about you, but I really don't. And so now that we're in this oh, new... I like what? What's coming up? So in this new venture <laughs> we have oh, together... I can't wait for this. I am just learning the things that sort of push your buttons when it comes to working and being accountable and being responsible mm. for things and showing up and integrity and the way you like to work with people and, and the, the type of performance you expect because the way we even started working together was before we started this the great job podcast or business or whatever um, I started helping you with your design system stuff and so that was all all of it was new and there were certain moments where I think you sort of expected me to know more than I knew or to like do more than I could and I was like ah what do I do yeah that was tough yeah, I didn't. I didn't expect more. I wanted more. Yeah, and so it was tough. And I, I think that's why this is going so well so far, is that like I think you're in your sweet spot on the stuff that you're doing here. And you and when you were trying to help me with my other business, you were trying to help me. You weren't yeah. trying to do a thing that you were really good at. And I right. think this is this is so different. And I, I think it's it's like putting you much more in your zone and me in my zone. So I think it's I'm I'm excited for it. I'm I'm glad we're doing this. Yeah, I mean, I will say I enjoy it more than moving 600 emails from one place to another individually. That was that was a journey. Yeah. I mean, that's what I do sometimes. <laughs> you know, uh, I I took it as my like, you know, junior level like whatever it's called. It's the intern work. Yeah, I yeah. think I was like, let me just do whatever all the little things you need for me to do that take, you know, stuff away from you so I can give you more time because now I have more time and I can do that. So let's try that. But I think it has been a lot of trial and error. Yeah. And we've had to have a, a little bit more patience with each other, which I, that was, that was a big thing. I was like, your ability to give me patience on things was just like fantastic. I think it was like, wow, I, you were really good at this. You were really good at teaching people and like unlocking me when I felt stuck and like being patient when I was like, ah, but I uh, like, you know, again, those missed expectation moments. I think you could give me and grant me grace and patience, which I was like, that's amazing. I think that was really cool to learn about you. Well, thanks. I think that was a good like it like paved the road for us doing this. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm really like grateful for that. And like, it, I think what you're doing now in the podcast, in the writing, in the blogging and you know, all of that stuff is just sharing stuff that you're really good at. And I think like that, 
that's like a that's very different than like you trying to learn something that I've been good at for many years because I've had a chance to practice it, and then you trying to like learn and take a piece of that. Yeah, you're like, I'm just like watch this design system thing where I teach everybody about design systems, and I'm like, um, it's just a matter a much better spot for you to like to talk about how you parent. Yeah, because you're really good at it, and because I have been you know, doing it for a decade. It's true because you have a decade of experience doing it. Yeah, but I did learn a lot of stuff about myself too. And that was like, Oh, when I get to do the writing parts, when I got to like write some of your emails or your content or a copy or um, anything that had to do with copy, I was like, Oh, this is fun for me. Let's do this. Yeah. And I liked all the writing parts. So I was like, just give me, you want me to write your email? Want me to just like draft something and you can just edit the hell out of it. Just so it's not like you creating something from scratch. That was my favorite. So I am learning a lot in this process and I'm, fully appreciative of all your experience that I get to kind of pull on and move a little bit quicker because of, I think that's cool. Okay. So we have to talk about a, a piece of it, mm. which is we don't always agree on oh, things, no. <laughs> uh, which is cool. And, and you know, for, for all you listeners, especially if you're going to be listening to more episodes, the thing to know about us is that we like arguing. Oh yes. Um, we don't, we don't consider it fighting. It's not. We, we like being cerebral. We like arguing for sport. And so you're going to hear that probably a bunch on this podcast. It's our disclaimer. And also, I think we have ways that we know how to sort through that with each other. Wait, but we just want you all to know that we're okay. We're okay. Don't worry about <laughs> Don't us. Worry. We, gotta tell, we can tell our kids this too. It's okay when we, when we argue. Yeah. We're it's like, fine. guys, it's not about you. Mom and daddy just, you know, we got stuff we got to talk about. Yeah. We got thoughts. Yeah. We got ideas. And, and they don't always compliment each other. Yeah. Okay. So, but we, but we also have... Uh, philosophies and techniques and approaches about like, so what do we do when we disagree on it? What if I feel really strongly about something and you feel strongly about the opposite of that thing? What do we, what do we do? Do you want to, you want to talk about that? Well, I know there's one we both have in mind right now, but yes. then there's another one that I just thought of that I was like, Ooh, I'm excited okay, to talk them, about this them, one too. Them, say them both. Well, which one should I start with? The one you don't know that I'm going to say? No, the one that start with the one that we, we are both, both probably going to say. Should we say at the same time? You think it's going to be the same? Yeah. What do yeah, we do? We both totally agree. All right. Ready? One, yeah. two, three. Whoever wants, wants it more does, does the work. work. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Whoever wants it more does the work. Okay. Yeah. You want to talk about it? So that's not the one that I'm actually excited to talk about. Okay. All right. So start with this one, breeze through it, and then I'm very curious to hear what the second one is. Okay. So whoever wants it more does the work, um, I think originated in our marriage in circa 19, I don't know, in... Wow. I, Busted out a date. You know, <laughs> 5,000 BC. I had a pivotal birthday last month. Oh, boy. And um, I hold on to railings when I go down the stairs now. Okay? So. I think it was about, I want to say like five years ago that we started this idea. That whole whoever wants it more does the work. Could be a little bit more than that. I feel like it's been around longer. What? Yeah, okay. Like, sure. Yeah. sure. Sure. Carry sure. on. Okay. And it's really come in handy because... You know, there are times that like you were really excited about something and you want to do it. And if the other person doesn't want to do the work to do it, it's like so like, for example, this house we're in right now, um, we moved in during COVID and it was because I was done being in the old house. We were in it for 10 years. It was something we got we bought from your parents and it was just it didn't fit us anymore. And especially, and it became especially clear during the pandemic when we're stuck in it. And I was like, I'm going to look for another house. Like we can afford it. We can do it right now. Let's just, let's jump. And you were like, I hate moving. I don't want to do 
any of that. And I was like, okay, great. I got this. Don't worry. I will take care of everything. Yeah. I didn't want to move at all. I didn't want to spend more money than we were spending. I didn't want to pack up all my stuff and have to reset it. Like I hate everything about moving. Yeah. And did I do a great job? You did an excellent job. Thank you. Great job. Uh, uh, Because you did all the work that needed to be done. Like there was nothing for me to say no to anymore. I think that's the, that's the premise of it. It's like when one of us wants something, make it so that there's nothing else that the other person can say no to. Like you take care of every objection. I think we need to stop here too. And also say, we bring this philosophy to our kids. Also, we're like, here's the thing. You want your friends to sleep over this weekend? What are the things you think? Why? Like, before you ask me, think about what are the reasons I would say no. Is it because you haven't cleaned your room all week? You haven't helped me keep the house clean this week? So, like, what are some of the reasons that would get me to say yes? Hey, mom, can I have my friends over? I've done a really great job, like, helping with the dishes this week and keeping my room clean and doing this. And it's an easy yes. It's like, oh, yeah, you know what? That would be fine. But it's a no. But it's like, no, you've left messes all over the house this week. You haven't turned in your homework on time. Like having a friend here seems like it would add more to the chaos. So it's going to be a no. So we also do it with our kids. I mean, I do it with everything. <laughs> it's like it's like a good sales technique when I'm pitching a client. Right. You know, it's like, what are the reasons that they're going to say no? So I think I think it's just like a good pitching technique in yep. general and like a good way to convince anyone to do something that you want, especially when there are objections. Um, so yes, I think it applies to our marriage. It applies to our kids. We, I think we we both apply it in a lot of different places in life. So okay, so what's the second one? The other way we work out things, and this is my favorite. And some, we have some friends who have experienced this. Oh, I think I know where you're going with this. <laughs> Wait, r- we have friends that experience this. Oh yeah. Oh, maybe I don't know where you're going with this. It's a racquetball. Okay, I do. Oh, yeah, that that is what I guess. We've had friends come and play with us. Okay, continue. I'm, I'll tell you what my objection is. Okay, so I learned to play racquetball after I had our first kid because I would go to the gym and run on the treadmill in front of the racquetball courts at like LA Fitness out here on the East Coast. And I had this like 90-year-old <laughs> ex-New Jersey motorcycle cop come up to me and be like, hey, kid, you want to learn how to play racquetball? I was like, absolutely. He was like, all right, meet me twice a week. I'll teach you. And I was like, 100%, I'll be there. He was so mean and I loved it. He was... He would yell at me all the time, like, hit the ball and the point, get the point. Like, it was great. Anyway, so then Dan started playing with me a few years later. And now it's kind of like our way of, I don't know, like kind of getting some stuff out. But we always end up arguing physics. But there's some serious screaming matches. And we don't raise our voices to each other generally. We're pretty, like, even-tempered people. But... Something about racquetball and the way it echoes in that room <laughs> really brings it out of us. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the best part about racquetball and doing it with racquetball is like the racquetball courts are just so echoey. <laughs> and, and like, even, so even when we're yelling at each other on the top of our lungs, it's like, well, what, what are you saying? So yes. it's almost, it almost like diffuses the whole thing, too. So like it, we can get out the aggression, or at least I can. I don't know. No, uh, I like, I think I also, I didn't know that as a female, that was a great way to get out of aggression. And it's, we're never mad afterwards. Yeah. Right. We're Usually just like, like go out to eat lunch. Afterwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. I, I forgot about that one. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I think that is one way to work out just frustration with each other. That isn't like worth over talking or overthinking or spending time just like yelling nonsense. It's just like, Hey, let's just go hit a ball around, yell at each other about physics, go get some food. And it, I will add one more thing. I've, I think we, 
have said this to other parents, even early on when we had kids, if we don't work, they don't work. Yeah, right. Which I know is not a possibility for all caregivers and all parents, but I think it still is true for if you're solo parenting, if you're not working, if like, if you're not, you don't got your stuff together, your kids are not going to have their stuff together. And like, that's a lot of pressure, but I think it's true. And that's why we're here to support each other, to share our struggles, our journeys, our wins, our losses, and to just encourage each other as parents, because you know what? You're doing a great job. Thank you so much for joining us. If you love this content, please download the episode, subscribe to the podcast, and share with anyone in your life who wants to be more intentional about raising amazing kids. If you want more from us, please join our email list at greatjob.kids newsletter to get more parenting strategies, tips, tools, and templates directly to your inbox. You can also find Great Job on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. You're doing a great job. <laughs>